If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Continue our series, Route 66. We've been marching through the books of the Bible, starting in Genesis. And today we have found ourselves in week 12 of this series, 2 Kings. So let's jump over to 2 Kings chapter 7. And I want to say thank you to our young adults, Pastor Jeremiah, for being here last week and preaching 1 Kings to you. And I, I heard he did a marvelous job. And uh, <clears throat> come on, help him a little bit. Help him feel good. Uh, I know he did good. I've, I've been impressed with the gift of preaching and teaching on his life since I met him, uh, especially for his age. Uh, the hand of God is on him strong, and I'm excited uh, to have him on our team. Uh, I was in Granbury last week with Pastor Brandon in our, one of our newer locations, um, and we had a marvelous time there. That church there is doing so well. Pastor Brandon and Sarah send their love to you, and they are already just rocking that church. I was telling the earlier service that I talked to one of the elders there last week. His name is Ken, and he told me, he said, you know, Pastor Eric, I've, we've had different things happen to our church over the years, you know, uh, splits and those kinds of things. And you hear about when a new pastor comes, usually some people will leave. He said, we haven't lost one person in this whole transition. He said, everybody stayed. And I, I, I know that how miraculous that is. Any uh, pastors or people who've been in church long enough, you understand that is amazing that they all stayed and are, are there with Pastor Brandon and Sarah. Uh, and, uh, you know, once you hear him preach, it's pretty easy to stick around to hear him preach and then, uh, and then you know, to see his wife, Sarah, even if she doesn't open her mouth. She's pleasant in every way. So, uh, so just continue to be praying for them. And then uh, our, our location in DeLeon, Texas, which is around the Ranger and Eastland area, Oh, it's about 650,000 miles from here, but we have a church there anyway. And uh, no, it's, I don't know, oh, whatever. It takes me about two and a half hours to get there. I'll be going there tonight to preach. But we have a pastor there named Lowell. September the 7th, we actually begin Sunday morning services there. So please be praying about that. And uh, we're very excited about that. And Dallas is doing great. Derek and Jennifer are just doing marvelous things there. And they've been up around 70, running 70 or so in attendance, which is incredible. And then Chris and Mary Lou, our Spanish pastors, do a, uh, have a one o'clock Spanish service. And every week they have new family. Every week new families are coming in more and more because the, the neighborhood that is around the church is about 85% Hispanic. So uh, word's getting out and they're just doing marvelously. So thank you for your continued prayer uh, for our pastors and for our, our congregations everywhere. Uh, five months ago, if you would have told me this would be happening, I would have said you're insane. But... You are still insane, but I, I mean, you got to be insane to love Jesus, right? You got to be out of your mind. You, you do, you do. And by the world's standards, the scripture says that the, fool, that the preaching of the cross is foolishness or insanity. <laughs> yeah, but to us, it's the power of God. Yeah, amen. Amen. So let's, have you found your Bibles yet? <laughs> if you haven't found it, don't worry, we'll have it up on the screen there for you too. Um, as we've been wa walking through this course of the, of the Bible, these books of the Bible, we have a little map that we lay out every week, M standing for memento, A standing for attraction, and P, the person of Jesus. And this has been our, the way we navigate through each book of the Bible to give you a little taste of 
little taste of the glory to see what it tastes like, and a uh, little taste of every book and so that you can get a good synopsis of the scriptures, okay? So uh, we're going to go ahead and find our memento. Memento is what you'll take home, something that you'll meditate on this week. And if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write these things down. If you're not taking notes, change your mind right now and take notes. And uh, some things for you to chew on this week, to meditate on, to declare over your life. Second uh, Kings chapter 7, we find an interesting story. Verse 3, now but before we read that, there, there's this famine that has come to all the land and, and Israel is suffering big time over this famine uh, in, this, uh, in Samaria. And they are, the people are, people are dying. I mean, uh, one of the stories in here was that the, they're so desperate and they're so hungry that two women agreed that one day they would boil their baby and eat that baby, and the next day they would boil the other one's baby and eat that baby. All right? So, uh, I mean, they're, very, they're in desperate times. And um, in chapter 7, in verse 3, we find these four lepers who are right outside the city gate, and this is what they say. Now, therefore, now, now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. Wow. See, Israel didn't, couldn't go out of where they were because the Syrian army was waiting to pummel them. It was their rival army at this time. And so they said, if we go to the Syrians, let us surrender the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, I love all the, the profound common sense that's here. If they keep us alive, we will live. But if they kill us, we shall only die. Sometimes you need to talk real straight with yourself. Just call things as they are. If they keep us alive, we're going to live. If they kill us, we're going to die. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Kind of expect him to show up. But they said, okay, so here's our situation. We sit here, we die. We go into the city, we die. But if we surrender to the army, we have a chance. We have a chance to live. Probably a slim chance, but there is a chance. Kind of like, you remember, uh, you remember the movie Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> when he's asking this girl out, what kind of chance do I have? She said, one in a million. He said, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> it's probably the kind of chance they had. So they decide, let's change the situation. Now write this down. Opine your options with optimism. Opine your options with optimism. Look for a favorable situation. Expect a favorable situation. Watch this. Verse 5, And they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians, and when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. There's nobody to surrender to. The next thing I want you to write down, you got three things here for your memento. As you move with expectation, unexpected things will happen. As you move with expectation, that is expectation in your God, that He's with you, He's going to guide you, He's going to lead you, but there are these going to be the surprises along the way. Praise God. I, I think God likes the element of surprise. Yeah. I do. Yeah. We like it, as long as it's a good surprise. Yeah. We like yeah. it. 
and we have his nature in us, I think God himself likes to be surprised. Uh And I think he sets himself up in the way that he can actually be surprised. Uh, You're looking at me weird. But listen, just hear me for a second. When Abraham was about to slay his son, and the angel of the Lord spoke out of heaven to him, the angel of the Lord said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, don't slay your son. Don't do any harm to the lad, for now I know you will not withhold anything. Now I know. I mean, shouldn't he have said, I knew that was going to happen? Okay, thank you for your enthusiasm. I, I, the fact that God can know everything, no doubt he can. But I think it's even a little bit more interesting that even though he can know, that maybe he chooses not to know. Maybe he likes to just say, you know, let's see how this is all going to turn out. When the news of Sodom and Gomorrah had come up to him, he said, I have to go and see if what I'm hearing about Sodom and Gomorrah is true. And then I'll know what to do. Then? What do you mean then you'll know? I mean, don't you know everything? God, I can. But apparently in some situations he chooses not to know everything because I think there's that element of surprise. I could be wrong. I'm not a theologian on that subject, but there are things in Scripture that make you wonder. Jesus marveling at someone's faith. How do you marvel Jesus if he's expecting it to happen? Okay, that's another sermon. Obviously for another time, I've lost you. Okay, let's keep going. Ah, as you move with expectation, <laughs> it's a tough crowd. As you move with expectation, unexpected things are going to happen. All right, verse six: For the Lord has caused the army, uh, the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses. Listen to this: Four crippled guys are walking through the desert at twilight, and the Syrian army hears horses and chariots thundering toward them. Wow. The noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. So they fled. They took off and they fled their camp and they fled all their spoils and they were peeling off stuff even along the way as to quicken their pace. And these four lepers finally show up there and there's nobody there. Where's the Syrian army to surrender to? So they start gathering the stuff up, start gathering the goods, and they're going and taking it back, and they're burying some of it and hiding some of it, and then finally it dawns on them, we shouldn't be do- taking all this for ourselves. Hey, we've got a city that's, that, is in, uh, that is besieged with famine. We've got to go help them. So they send back word, and finally, enough, uh, all said and done, Israel comes and takes all the spoil, and uh, the back of the famine was broken by all the goods that came into the city. The marvelous story But by this thought here, this last truth, when you walk by faith, it sounds like a marching, a mighty marching army to your enemy. When you walk by faith, it sounds like a mighty marching army to your enemy. That's the thing that the devil has no control over. He can't do anything to someone who has faith. Did you hear what I just said? I said he can't do anything to someone who has faith. Ephesians chapter 6 says this, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench, come on, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That means he's he's hurling all kinds of things at you, but faith quenches all of them. We need to walk by faith, don't we? Yeah. 
We need to be serious about our faith in God. If it is able to squelch everything the devil throws at us, as Heather was saying, the weapon might form, but the weapon won't prosper to those who have faith in God. And 1 John 5, 4 says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Amen. Come on, turn to somebody and say, I think he's talking to you. All right. Now, let's go over to 2 Kings chapter 3. We must move to our attraction. One of the big stories in this, in this great book, uh, you know, you continue to read 2 Kings, you'll find out about the axe head that floated. Uh, you'll find out about uh, the woman who, and her and her son were dying. They, they had very little food in the house. And then Elisha came and, and, and uh, said, get as many vessels as you can. And, and the oil never ran dry from all the vessels that were filled. And then there was also the... Uh, uh, the Shunammite woman, who had, it was the same woman actually, who had a son who died. Uh, Elisha had prophesied that she would have a son. He died, and then Elisha came. She called for him. He came and raised the child from the dead. Some great stories here, but this is one of my favorite stories. It's just a unique story. You've heard me preach it before, so I'm, I'm just going to kind of run through it with you for the sake of time. We find it over in 2 Kings chapter 3, and it says, verse 1, Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel at Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. Now, if you know anything about history, at this point, Israel had been divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. Ten tribes were in the north, two tribes were in the south. Uh, the northern kingdom, uh, the uh, capital city was Samaria, and there uh, uh, Jehoram was the king, and down south, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah, okay? So, uh, Jehoram has just taken the kingship. Ahab is his father, uh, which is bad enough, but then his mother is Jezebel. That's really bad. This, uh, this kid has a slim chance at doing anything good. Now, uh, and he reigned 12 years. Let's go to verse 2. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. <laughs> yeah, we kind of expected that. But not like his father and mother, for he put away the sacred pillar of Baal that his father had made. Next. Nevertheless, he persisted in the sins of Jeroboam. Wow, Jeroboam was also a king who did very evil. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that no other king had done as evil as Jeroboam, had not done the level of evil that he had done since then. No other king had done. Jeroboam had actually copycatted Judaism, the feasts, uh, uh, the priests, and all the, all the rituals he, he copycatted that system unto foreign gods, unto, well, basically the devil. And so he took what was sacred only to God, what would identify nation, uh, Israel as its own nation, as these edicts had come from God for them to establish these laws and these ways to separate them from the world. He took that and perverted it and made them do that to other gods. Awful. So Jezebel obviously wasn't evil enough for him to follow. He wanted to go after Jeroboam. All right, so this is the kind of king Jehoram is. Let's go to four. So Misha, everybody say Misha, king of Moab, was a sheep breeder, and he regularly paid the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams, thanks to a guy named Gideon. All right, but it happened when Ahab died that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So we see Misha sees that Ahab's died, and so now Jehoram steps in. He's a young guy, so now Misha's thinking, I am done sending these offerings. I'm going to take this king out. 
All right, here we go. Verse 6, so King Joram went out of, all, of Samaria at that time and mustered all Israel, tried to count it to see what he had as far as an army is concerned. Then he went to and sent to Jehoshaphat, the other king of the southern kingdom, saying, the king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? Next, and he said, I will go. I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Verse 8. We're getting there. Then he said, which way shall we go up? And he answered, by way of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. So we have three kings, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days, and there was no water for the army nor for the animals that followed. So they have this battle strategy, but they don't really have a good plan to fulfill it. So now they find themselves after that roundabout route. That route I think it's interesting. The scripture makes sure to know that they marched on a roundabout route. Ever made simple things complicated? Hmm? Yeah. Mostly by just a bad or a dumb decision. Yeah. You know, just point A to point B. Right? Point A to point B. The Lord says, right here, right here, right here. And, okay, Lord, I'll get there. Going this roundabout route. Because maybe things come up to distract you. That is one of the devil's tactics, to distract you from fulfilling what God has called you to do and for, from living a purposeful and meaningful life, as all humanity is searching for meaning, right? But he can get you distracted and going back and forth rather than going the roundabout way rather than just get there. Walk by faith, obey the word. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful, the Amen. simplicity? Oh, but to carry it out is a whole nother thing. To just get there. Just get there. Yeah. Just get there. They went on this roundabout route. So that now they've used up all their provisions, all their resources, their water. Now they don't have any water, water for the soldiers to be refreshed who are about to go into battle. Their animals are hungry. And now watch what this king Jehoram has to say. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand. <laughs> Isn't that just like humanity? That, that doesn't invite God into their life, doesn't even want anything to do with Him, until something bad occurs. And then all of a sudden people have opinions about God. Why is He allowing this to happen? Well, when did you talk to Him last? All of a sudden you're interested? And the first thing you have to say about God is that He's causing this? Really? Let's take responsibility for our neglect, our, our complacency. Okay. Come over here with me, please. Huh? And remember that God is faithful and God is good and God loves us so much that He gave Jesus to us, proving that he's not going to withhold any good thing from us. So we get our, get our minds right about the character and the nature of our Heavenly Father, unlike this bozo, right? Oh, God's brought us here to kill us. Hey, dummy, you're the one that started all this. Don't try to blame God now that you're backed into a corner with nowhere to go. Hey, if anything, this is actually a moment to say, God, help us. We know you're good. We're asking you for your mercy. Forgive me for my stupid ways. Is that too honest? Okay. And the king of Israel said, last, look at, look at verse 11. 
But Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord? Now, Jehoshaphat is not an evil king. He's a good king. He just happens to have an unfortunate name. Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So Jehoshaphat, the, the, the way that it, God had established uh, the, uh, the rules of engagement and going to war is that is that once it was decided that Israel would go to war, then they would call upon the man of God or the prophet of God to come and declare God's plan, God's blessing over the people. Jehoshaphat knew that, but he skipped that step whenever this young king came to him desperate. He said, oh yeah, I'll go with you. My people are as your people, my horse is your horse. So they didn't inquire of the Lord. Now they get out there and here's this king talking about God and, and accusing his nature of being one thing that it is not. He says, whoa, it's like Jehoshaphat woke up. No, 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 is there not a prophet of the Lord here? No, we need to hear from God. That's not God. We need to hear what God has to say. Well, watch, verse 12. But So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, everybody say Elisha, the son of Shaphat, another unfortunate Jehoshaphat and Shaphat is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Look how he responds. Verse 12. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. How does washing a guy's hands, having the reputation of washing a guy's hands, get this king's attention to say, oh yeah, God's with him, because man, I've seen that guy wash hands. And he can really do it. He uses Dawn, takes grease. Right? He's good. He can really wash hands. I mean, he can lather up that. I mean, how does, how does he conclude? If I, if I saw a guy that could really change tires well, I wouldn't go, the word of the Lord is obviously with that guy. <laughs> you must have a word from God for me. I've seen you change tires, man. Because the truth is, some really big things that actually happened in Elisha's life before that. And he was just actually beginning his ministry because uh, his, his uh, uh, predecessor had gone before him. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Elijah had, had gone into heaven and now left Elisha to continue up the work of the prophet. So and Elisha had already struck the, the Jordan River with Elijah's uh, mantle, his cloak, and the waters divided and he walked through on dry ground. Now, it'd be easy to say the word of the Lord is with him because he divided a river in half. Right? Wouldn't that just be obvious to us? And then also, as he's walking by, these kids start yelling at him, mocking him. Go up, bald head. Go up, because this is what had happened. They weren't making fun of his bald head, Warren. Don't worry. It was, uh, they, were, they, were, they were, and Bob, and they, they weren't, and William. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. It, they weren't making fun of his ball. They were making fun of, uh, of his anointing and his office, saying, can you do what Elijah did? And the scripture says that Elisha pronounced a curse over them, and these two female bears came running out of the woods and killed 42 kids. <laughs> I would say, if I heard that story, the word of the Lord is with him, but I'm not sure if I want to hear it. I'd be kind of scared of that guy. But all this guy knows, maybe that story hadn't gotten that far yet. This servant, all he knows is that, yeah, he washed Elijah's hands. Listen to me. God pays attention to everything that we do. Every little small service that you do will, wow. 
You can split a river in two, or you can simply wash someone's hands. And as far as God is concerned, that's the same thing. Yeah, amen. As far as he's concerned, that's the same thing. Yeah, praise God. I find it amazing that someone comes in here every week. We have people who volunteer their time to change diapers. To me, that is just the same thing as me standing here delivering the word of God to you today. If somebody's back here with our kids, you're sitting in this service not even having to think about if your kids are okay because somebody's taking care of them and they're teaching your children the word of God. And that is the same thing that is happening right here. It's just as effective and it is just as anointed. Washing hands, splitting rivers, it doesn't matter. The next thing we know about Elisha after Jehoshaphat said the word of the Lord is with him, is that he, they, go, they go to Edom, I'm sorry, they go down to him. Now watch this, verse 13. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. This is kind of a mockery here, and I love this about Elisha. Hey, why don't you go to your dead false gods? Come on, what do you got me out here for? But the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them in the hand of Moab. God's doing this. God's picking on us. Everything's gone bad. God's got some reason for this. All right, I'm sorry. Verse 14. And Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely if it were not, if I did not regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, and I can almost see him kind of frowning at Jehoshaphat, like what the heck are you doing out here, man? I would not look at you or see you. Wow. Verse 15. But now bring me a musician. Any musicians here today? Bring me a musician. Because a musician will squelch the temper. There's nothing like praise and worship that will bring your emotions right back in line. Amen. Huh? Nothing Amen. like it. Full inner, I don't get anything out of worship. Well, you're not supposed to. Knucklehead, Jesus is what's for, who's supposed to get something out of worship. You're supposed to give something, not get something. Okay, anyway, okay, praise God. So we give, so we give our worship to him. I'm not talking, I'm talking about knucklehead at other churches, all right? Nobody's a knucklehead here. Obviously, you're all perfect in every way. Now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Beautiful. Verse 16, and he said, <laughs> Thus says the Lord. This always cracks me up. You ever received a word, a, a prophetic word, where it kind of, it just didn't make any much sense to you, or it, it, it was something you would rather not do? <laughs> right? You, you wanted to hear that everything's perfect and everything's right, and, and, and you're going to be a millionaire and all this kind of stuff. But then there's this, this kind of word that comes, make this valley full of ditches. Is there another prophet here? <laughs> that is not the kind of word we were looking for. Anybody ever here, here ever dug a ditch before? Did you enjoy that? <laughs> huh? I've dug ditches, and I hated every shovel in the dirt. I hate doing that. Sometimes it's necessary. But don't forget their condition. They're weary from a seven-day roundabout journey. They're hot in the wilderness, and they have nothing to drink. The last thing on the list of things to do is, of want-tos, is to dig a ditch. 
and yet the prophet says, dig ditches. So, that's not, that's not all the word, thank God. Verse 17, for thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water so that your cattle and your animals may drink. 18, and this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Whatever trouble you have are facing today, whatever challenge you're facing, yeah. get this in your mouth, get this in your heart. This is a simple matter yeah. for the Lord. Amen. It's a simple matter. You do what you know to do, he will do what he knows to yeah. do. Okay? That's, the, that's what makes our partnership so wonderful. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Wow. And the story goes on to tell us that's exactly what happened. They woke up in the morning and water had come by way of Edom somehow. There was no rain or anything. All of a sudden, the ditches were full of water. And so that they were able to quench their thirst and be refreshed by the water, getting ready for war with Moab, who was just on the other side of the hill. The sun is coming up over the horizon when it's nice and red still, just the beginning of that sunrise. And Moab looks over the hill down onto the camp of Israel and they see the reflection of the red sun on the water and they say to one another, that's blood. These three kings turned their swords in each other. Let's go get their stuff. So they drop their weapons and they, they, they're running down there for the, for the tents and all of a sudden these soldiers come out of the tents and just begin hacking Moabites to pieces. I mean, the Lord brought a great victory that day. And I think it's interesting that God was gracious here, that even when these kings had found themselves in trouble here, they had made bad decisions, yet they got a word from God, and God helped them in their situation. Yeah. You might be in a Amen. situation where you brought all of this on yourself. Uh -huh. I just want to say one word, grace. Yeah. God is merciful. God is gracious. Yeah. Come to the throne of grace and obtain mercy. And find grace to help you in your time of need. Yeah. All right? Because most of the trouble that we have, let's just be honest, we've brought that on ourselves. Huh? Can we be grown up enough to say we did it to ourselves and not try to blame some cosmic God purpose in this? Yeah. And understand and remember he's on our side, he's with us, and if we'll invite yeah. him into our situation, he will do for us what we need and what we want. Yeah. All right, last yeah. thought. Last thought. I'm almost through. Uh, we got to go find Jesus now. It's not hard to find him because he is the word. Verse, uh, 2 Kings 2, verse 8, this is where we read about the exchange of, from Elijah to Elisha. Now Elijah took up his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, that is the water of Jordan, and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. That's him and Elisha. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Another one of those common sense Verses. Then it happened as they continued on and talked, and suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Anybody want to go to heaven like that? I mean, that rocks, right? All of a sudden, this chariot of fire and horses appears, whoosh, sweeps you up, and you just go up to heaven in a whirlwind. Man, that's a, that's a great exit. Elijah has left the earth. Elisha saw it. 
Remember, he said, if you see me, then you'll get what you ask for. And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces, 13. And he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. When Elisha found out that the same anointing that was upon Elijah was now upon him. The same anointing, the same spirit that raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead now lives, abides, stays, dwells in you. The very thing yeah. that Jesus did do, you can do. Yeah. Amen. Are you hearing me? The very thing he did do because the same spirit. Come on, say it. The same spirit. Say it. I have the same spirit. I have the same anointing. I have the same power. I have the same ability. Amen. Because Jesus told his disciples, when I go, I'm going to send the helper and he's going to come and help you. And these works that I do, you will do and greater works will you do. That's that kind of double portion anointing we're talking about. The greater works you'll be able to do. And so when Jesus in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Acts chapter 1 verse 7, you shall receive power. This is after Jesus is risen from the dead, giving his disciples just a last little bit of instructions. And they said, Lord, when's the end going to come? Come on, teach us about eschatology. He said, no, it's not for you to know that stuff. Well, this is what you need to know. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all the Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. What he's saying is keep your focus, keep your work fixed on what needs to happen here on the earth. That's why you're here. That's why quit, yeah. quit looking for the day later on. That's going to happen. That's not even for you to even know that kind of stuff. You've got something to do right here and right now. Take this earth, have dominion, subdue this earth, Act like a son of God in the earth right now. Yeah. Preach this gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And ladies and gentlemen, the very next chapter opens up, talking about the Holy Spirit coming into the place yeah. where they all were gathered together, the sound of a rushing mighty wind, and a, and, and a flame set up on each one of their heads. And the scripture says, and they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And Peter stood up and preached this gospel message, and told everybody what was going on because people didn't yeah. know what was going on. They were kind of like Jer uh, Jehoram. They were like, these people must be drunk or something and just coming to the wrong conclusions about the situation. And Peter said, no, they're not drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. This is that which was spoken by Joel the prophet. In the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. This is the day that our fathers were looking for. This is the time to live and this is the day of grace that Jesus, because he died and rose again. And it was at that preaching, praise God, that 3,000 people came into the kingdom of God. Because the same spirit that was upon Jesus was upon them. The same spirit that was upon them is upon you today. Yeah. Anything Amen. is possible because you have the same Amen. spirit. Amen. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who would not quit his mission, who stayed all the way to the end, who bled out for us, who was broken for us, who died, who was buried, and who rose again from the dead the third day. And by that action gave us all the opportunity to come into the family of God simply by faith.
for just a moment. If you're here today, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, I want to invite you to come and know Him. Just right where you're sitting. Just right where you're sitting. You can come to know Him right where you're sitting right now. You can come right into the family of God and all your whole life can change. Because when Jesus came, He didn't only come to change, to give us a changed life. He came to give us an exchanged life. Our life for His. So this exchange was taking place. He became sin so that we could become righteousness. He became a curse so that we could become blessed. He became poor so that we could become rich. He became wounded so that we could become healed. He became the Son of Man so that we could become sons of God. This exchange was happening so that He could bring us to God in a good, right relationship. And that He's the only way for that to happen. He said, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Maybe you're here today and you need to accept what Jesus has done for you. He paid the price of death for your sins so that you don't have to. And He's offered this way of free salvation to you today if you'll simply believe that He did it for you. Are you here today? Just, just raise your hand just right where you're sitting. You say, I know I'm away from God. I don't have a relationship with Him, but I want to know Him today. Are you here? Just raise your hand where you are, and I'll pray for you right where you are. Or maybe you're away from God. Maybe you know Him, but you, you find yourself kind of like the prodigal son, the guy who went away from what he knows is right and been living life for himself. But today you want to just come back to the Father's house. Today you want, to, you, want to, you want to get right with the Lord again by just coming back home. Thank you. Thank you for that. Anybody else here? So that's me coming back to the Father today. Father, I thank you for these who have raised their hand. God, I thank you for great grace to be upon them. Lord, I thank you that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness that you give it freely to all men. And I thank you that from this day forward that this is a new start. This is right now a fresh beginning for them. From this day forward, they'll not look to the right or to the left. But Lord, They'll keep their eyes on Jesus. And that will give them all the ability they need to live this life for you. Thank you for your blessing upon all my family here today. And I pray as the Apostle Paul prayed that grace and peace would be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a great sermon, a great message. We pray and believe that y'all are blessed by that. There's something that y'all can take away this week and step out in faith and agree with. And Also, another side note at the church, for those who didn't know, it was our beloved pastor's birthday yesterday. He finally turned 30. We're so excited. Um, as you walk out today, make sure you tell him happy birthday and tell him how much you love him, how much you appreciate him. He's done so much for my life and my family and my wife, and um, I know he's blessed y'all as well. So as y'all leave today, uh, make sure y'all tell him happy birthday. Tell him how young he looks. Let's stand up today, and I'll bless y'all out. Father God, I thank you for this word today. I thank you that it will not return void, but it will accomplish what it's supposed to do, Father. I thank you that this word went into good soil in our hearts and that we will receive a harvest, some 30, some 60, some even 100-fold from this message in our lives, Father. I thank you that we have the mind of Christ and that our bodies are the temple of the Most High God. And where you reside, sickness and disease cannot reside either because by Jesus' stripes we were already healed. So I speak healing into each and everybody's bodies by the name and the stripes of Jesus Christ. I thank you that they are 
are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They are blessed in the city. They are blessed in the field. Everything they put their hands to must prosper in the name of Jesus. I thank you that they have favor everywhere they go. That favor surrounds them like a shield. It is for life, Father. And I thank you that we are the salt of the earth. We are a city set on the hill, Father. We will not be hidden, but we will share the good news, the gospel of Christ to everyone we encounter. Because as for us in our house, we will serve the Lord. So I thank you that we will go out and we will be blessed in this world and we will be a blessing to other people. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless y'all and see y'all Wednesday. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11 and Wednesday evenings at 7 and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.